I don't wanna watch what's on the TV iTunes that put on the BC Podcasts on, no talking to me Listening to Blackcast Keep up on comics and movies New phone ring, I answer hoodies I can't talk, call back if you please Listening to Blackcast You don't know what you are missing Damn fine show hosted by Christian He's just dope, no ass, I'm kissing Listening to Blackcast Click subscribe on this podcast You won't be the first, but don't you be last Listen while you pumping your gas Listen in the Blackcast Blattcast, a sometimes fast-paced but usually meandering look at the world. Hosted by Christian Blatt, his trusty co-hosts Will Sterling, Jeff Duray, and sometimes the lovely Zia Anderson. So kick back, get ready for quite possibly the longest one hour to perhaps the shortest two hours and 56 minutes of your life. And now, here's Christian Blatt. Thank you, and welcome to a very thankful Blattcast. As always, I... M the Blatt of the cast, Christian Blatt, at Christian DMZ, Twitter, Instagram. And, uh, you know, you know him, you love him. And if you really know him, you really love him. The one and only Mr. William J. Sterling, at Will Sterling underscore. Some people might argue that if you know me better, you like me less. I think that that's, I'm best kept at Instagram pictures of myself and not well. The last time we did a show with Zia, I said, you know her, you love her. But if you really know her, there's no way you could possibly love her. Uh, So I'm basically doing the reverse for you because uh, and I, you know, my wife agreed with this. Uh, I I said years ago, I'm I'm really like beer. I'm an acquired taste. You'll get used to me. And then eventually you're like, oh, yeah, I kind of like that. But right away, the first time you taste beer as a kid, ooh, yeah, that's how I feel about it. Uh, and joining us is Kate, Caitlin Cornell. Uh, this is not your first appearance on the Black Cast. No. But this is the first time you're recording something specifically for the Black Cast. Because, Will, you understand that for the Black Cast, it's a lot of reduce recycle, reuse any content that I do for other shows that I feel like can be crammed into a black cast episode, keeping you and Jeff from having to record with me for another week. Uh, I just go ahead and and toss it up there. (laughs) And you know, that's how you get like a a two hour and 51 minute episode about Eternals. Yeah. Just stuff like that. But uh, Caitlin, you did two hours and 51 minutes for Eternals. What was it like two? It was like three shows. That got edited down to, yeah, it was three, it was over, it was three episodes with different people. Oh, I see. Wow. Yeah, I did, I did an hour with, uh, with Kate and uh, I believe that our pal Connor was on that one. And then I did one, I did one that I taped early with Jeff and Elena, who I went to a press screening of and we recorded it so that it could uh, be posted. And then it all ended up and I'm, this is all just behind the scenes, making of the sausage. This is how it all comes together. But uh, Caitlin, 
welcome back to the black cast but really it's like your first official visit i feel like we're honored and yeah i, I wanted feel like to I finally start am, i was at the restaurant and now i'm sitting at the table yeah Not just you, like you were out. at the you were at the outdoor patio yeah now we've actually let you inside that's nice masks yeah. off you know, uh, the, Enjoy glass. Those, of, those of us in Los Angeles, which the three of us are all in the L.A. area, uh, we, we're probably all familiar with uh, Lowry's, the prime rib in uh, Beverly Hills. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan uh, of, uh, you know, making either, you know, my parents or my in-laws pay for a meal there. But um, during the pandemic, which, you know, we're still in, but, you know, their pandemic solution was that they opened what they called the Silver Car Dining Terrace. Now, they sh oh, they yeah. serve your prime rib in this, this silver tray that gets wheeled around from table to table, uh, <laughs> and uh, that's where the meat is. So the, they had the Silver Car Dining Terrace, and I would like to explain that the Silver Car Dining Terrace was a really nice way to say a bunch of tables in the parking lot. Because that's what it was, and by the way, still there. I got uh, I got some Lowry's the prime rib to go for uh, my I mean, mother-in-law's birthday. I feel and, like oh, that's I me. I'm prime rib in a parking lot. That's nice. <laughs> no, no, no. You were prime rib in a parking lot. You were silver car dining, but now you're inside, and not not just inside. You're also like, let's visit. You know, let's go to the bar, and then we'll go to the table. You know, it's, this this isn't just you know, sitting at a picnic table, uh, smelling car exhaust. This and talk, so we're going to, we're going to smell car exhaust and meet prime and talk about Dune. Yeah. Oh, no, we're going to talk about a lot right. of things. And, uh, <laughs> that's where we're going. You know, we have a, a great question in the chat. Ivan Soto. What exactly is this podcast about? Ivan Soto. The answer <laughs> is Yes. Yes, that's what this podcast is. How about. did you find this podcast if it doesn't? Well, Ivan Soto is a, a fan of some of our other content, uh, wow. particularly Marvel movie talk. Uh, he's also visited our Mandalorian after show, and uh, Ivan Soto has the most interesting perspective in that he likes the Star Wars universe. Okay, he likes the animated series. He likes the Mandalorian. He has never seen the original trilogy and does not want to see the original trilogy. Oh, really weird. That's really weird and inappropriate. That's really the, the reason being that uh, Harrison Ford, I think, doesn't like those movies. So why should we like those movies? And Ivan Soto I, Ford doesn't I, like anything. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, Callista Flockhart, he likes he likes Ally McBeal. So, yeah. you know, give him that. He likes uh oh, and he likes that magic guy. He likes David Blaine because he freaked him out one time. <laughs> he, he likes, likes flying planes and yeah. uh and having difficulty landing them, I think is really what it is. Yeah. And uh also in the chat, Roz JD, I think not his real name. Uh is this live to tape content? Yes, yes, it is. But uh we are here, we're going to uh have a conversation. Uh, this is our Thanksgiving special. And I wanted to do a little round of uh, just talking about something that we're thankful about in 2021. And uh, first thing that I thought of, Kate, first of all, I appreciate you being here. 
I'm thankful that I met you in 2021. Woo! Uh, thanks to our pal Alexa, happy Cappy. Alexa Cappiello, who will I know you've met? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's a mutual friend of ours. And uh, she brought you with her to talk about working on the set for WandaVision. Yep. And uh, then, unlike Alexa, you actually enjoy the Marvel movies when you see them. <laughs> so, uh, as much she's as getting, I love, she's getting better. As much We're as I love Alexa, it. it's it, it it didn't go well the one time I had her on the the straight Marvel show. Uh, because no. she talked about how she really only likes the first ones and doesn't like the sequels of of most of them, and you can I got definitely her to be... watch Winter Soldier. Yeah, which she is good. said that she liked it, but yeah, she said if the, she said if most of the other Marvel movies were like that, that she would like them. Yeah, well, and look, she she couldn't be more right about Thor to the Dark World. She could not be yeah. more right, you know. So, and also, by the way, Avengers Two: Age of Ultron. Where they keep trying to, you know, it, it's like they keep trying to make fetch happen. They keep trying to make Age of Ultron happen. And no, it's just, it's I've been not. on the no. This is where we differ because I've oh, been on good. the Age I'm of glad. Ultron train for like since it came out, and maybe it's because I have this weird crush on James Spader's voice. Not James Spader, oh, just oh. his voice. Interesting. Yeah, wow. I'm like a vocal slut. It was great, and <laughs> I love that movie way more than I should. Yeah. And every time I like I walked out of the movie theater, I'm like, that was really great. That went in a completely different direction. And I felt like they kind of like slapped me a little bit. Like, hey, you don't want anything to change. And you just want peace. And I'm like, well, the, and then everyone the else best. Was like that movie sucked. And I'm like, did I just like get traumatized by a movie? Like, I feel I, I feel like I have to hide myself. Well, I think it's a <laughs> self-esteem thing that you feel like you're not worthy of a good Quicksilver. That uh, you actually need Aaron Johnson Quicksilver, and that's all you get. No, but then life. they killed him, and it was fine. Yeah, that's true. That was fine. Yeah, yeah that was and they killed him in like the best way possible. <laughs> the hail of gunfire. Hail of gunfire, saving a kid to give Hawkeye to like provide Hawkeye like one last little thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well. And but... and it was one of like Scarlet Witch's like big defining moments. And you can't tell uh, me that the death of Quicksilver, even though you didn't know him and he was sassy pants, didn't influence her in a good way. And that's one of the most beautiful like moments when she takes out Ultron's heart and said, you took everything from like, come, yeah. like that's Scarlet Witch. That's where she becomes the hero well, that we know that she can be. That's really her MO is to let powerful beings know uh, what they've taken from her and then threaten to destroy them. I don't even yeah. know you. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, and look, uh, we're talking about what we're thankful for. Look at this. Ivan Soto. I'm thankful for in the Heights, an entire movie filled with Hispanics and Puerto Rican people. My people being included was incredible. Cheesy. I know not cheesy. Um, fucking no, great. I, yeah, look, this this is not a podcast where it's going to be, you know, that being happy about representation is uh, going to be something that uh, you're ridiculed for, uh, especially not when Will's here, you know. Uh, if Jeff was here, maybe. Game where it was all the women walking toward camera. Was it cheesy? Yes. Did I love yes. it? Yes. Did I want more I'm, of it? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I saw In the Heights. It was fun. Uh, I you know, I think... I think that uh, 
some of the the history of it is uh, problematic because when uh, uh, Lin Manuel Miranda first wrote it, uh, the first concession he made is that he got rid of uh, one of the openly gay relationships uh, yeah. that uh, you know just felt like it didn't fit in the story anymore. Uh, and uh, I guess that uh, when you have any kind of representation, there's going to be other people that feel like, yeah, but we're also not represented in there. And I think yeah, it was the like, yeah, the, the, there was, yeah. And, uh, you know, I guess be, you know, Washington Heights, uh, it didn't feel that it reflected it, but I don't know as, as a, well, I was going to say as a white man, and there's another white man here on the panel, and uh, a, uh, I, I don't want to identify you, uh, Caitlin, but you are also white. White chick. Uh, we know about representation. No, but I mean, we can, I, I'm making making light of it, but obviously you can notice from movies in general that, uh, oh yeah, it's a lot better than, uh, you know, even a decade ago in terms of, you know, yeah. Uh, but I understand wanting to point out that the dial hasn't turned that far. And sure. in a movie that hung its its coat on the, the coat rack of we have diversity now. Yeah. To not feel like it was it, it applied to you, even though it applied to a, a widespread of the Latinx community. I, I understand why people were upset living there and going, wait, that doesn't represent the community that I see. Yeah. But there is a moment in the movie when they talk about the, that Washington Heights is always changing, when the father, um, played by, oh God. Is that Jimmy Smith's? Jimmy Smith's character, yeah. 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 When he was like, the, the, the car company that I bought, it used to be called like Flanagan's or something like that, because yep. this was mostly Irish. And now it's mostly us. And it's like, this community will always be changing. It was kind of like what I took from that moment. Yeah, so, which that that example shows that some areas will always be places that my grandfather would have locked the doors when he drove through, and if it was Irish, it would have been the same feeling. Yeah, you know? he would have felt that way. It's like you know, this is an Irish neighborhood, basically. Like, oh, it, it's always different. And I'm making a joke because my grandfather never would have driven in uh, New York City under any circumstances. Uh, he would have stayed in New Jersey, like he did. Yeah. But. Uh, so let's see. I talked about being, I, you know, I was, uh, you want to talk about cheesy. I said what I'm thankful for apparently is you. Uh, Kate, is there something that you would like to share with the class that you're thankful for at this well, moment? Well, I feel like a dick if I don't say I'm thankful for Christian Blatt now. Yes. That was the right answer. I win the podcast. <laughs> I don't know that you've gotten the bell before because usually I, I don't bring the bell, the bell out on the other shows. Uh, so, uh, yeah, um, I'll let you, uh, I'll let you think about a real answer, but we'll take that as a first one. Uh, Will, we know you're thankful for me, but is there anything else? Uh, 9, 9 PM podcasts. Um, I like that. Like as, as time has gone on, we've just like, Jeff is on the East coast. Like we really just podcast when we can, when we can make it happen. Um, what am I thankful for? I don't know. I, I know something that you should be thankful for. And I, I'm recently on social media. I'm recently married, so I'm thankful for ah. my spouse. Ah. Yeah. She's I didn't a, even know that. I just really met wonderful, you. Wonderful. What's that? I just met you. I didn't even know that. And I'm already happy for you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, she's a really great person. Um oh, I hope so. I uh I hope so too. It feels I, like I have not met her. You haven't? 
No, we talked about this. God, how much life has happened during because it was like life that right, you've... like I had a very small window before uh, pandemic was in full swing. Yeah, and um, and then and now she's uh, she's a, a back east. Okay, well, look at that. Two years goes by so fast. Yeah, um, yeah and then uh, you know what? I'm thankful for Charles, Chuck the pup, my dog Charlie. He's such a great dog. Aww. I went to Big Bear this weekend with some friends and uh, I went on the trails, never taken him off leash before. It's perfect. Just ran up ahead, scouted, came back, collected everybody, runs up ahead, scouts, comes back, collects everybody. It's a great guy. Very reliable. Reliable pups. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let, let's hear it for reliable pups. And by the way, here's the thing about uh, 9 p.m. Uh, Blackcast, and you can see it creeping into the frame. Oh, Will, I'm going to uh, be thankful for the uh, Figueroa Mountains Danish Red Lager. Oh. This is from uh, up in Solvang, California, the Danish town. Solvang. Yeah, and, uh, yeah th those are my people. And, uh, I had a, uh, you know, I've taken a, I've taken a, uh, a long hiatus from alcohol, um, but I yes. miss beer and I have an inside joke with a friend in a script we wrote about old Milwaukee. So I bought non-alcoholic old Milwaukee. It's really How not, very, it? it's really not very good, but um, it's something, you know, I have that and, oh, a, and, man. A, and I, a warm LaCroix. I was just talking to somebody about like, you know, old, uh, older people tend to still drink coffee, but they drink decaf. And I was just like, man, you oh, must yeah. love coffee if you're having like decaf Sanka at like 630 in the morning and you're like 75 years old. And you just love beer so much that you're like, yeah, non-alcoholic. It's hard to not drink. It's hard to not drink, period. But. Fair. You know, the, the the hand to mouth old habit of having something, you know, at all times is a challenge. So I've drank my my consumption of coffee and Diet Coke has gone up exponentially because you're not drinking uh, alcohol. Yes. Alcohol. Yeah. Uh, well, but you know what? I haven't been hung over in so long now. It's amazing. It feels so good. I I wonder what the difference would be if you showed up in the middle of our Oscars special having drank too much Diet Coke or drank too much coffee yeah. as opposed to uh, several years ago when you showed up in the middle of our Oscar special uh, yeah. having drank way too much alcohol. I was so hammered. Yeah. I sh definitely should not have driven to that recording of that podcast, but I did. Yeah, we th I, I thought about that after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but it was okay. It was okay. But you know what? You only get so many free passes, and I think I really overextended my limit. And uh, well, that the time to hang it up a little bit. That and the the trip to the Jack in the Box where you scraped the side of your car. That was many years ago. Yeah. I know. I know. I'm just saying. That, I've known you that, long enough that I I know. I, I I do a lot of stupid things when I get drunk, <laughs> like hitchhike and. Oh no. What else have I done? You know, it goes on. It goes on. Yeah, I bet. I bet it does. I rode a lime scooter over the Coenga Pass because I didn't want to pay a bunch of money for a lift. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. It only cost me seven dollars. Um, I, as we're talking, I, I realized I believe I've known you for ten years now. Will, yeah. I think I met you in two thousand eleven, right? No, November twenty ten. Okay. Oh, so I've known you eleven years. Eleven years. Yeah, I started on Dennis's show right before. Yeah. Okay. 20, I thought you started in, in late 2011, but uh, look at that. So that's uh, that's an incredibly long amount of time. 
It, it is. God. And, and the time I, goes by very quickly. Yeah. And uh, see, uh, one day, uh, Kate, I can know you for 11 years and I'll remember like the two or three things you'd like to forget and I'll bring them up at an inconvenient moment, you know, like. Yeah, and then I'll replay this podcast where you're like, I'm thankful for you because 10 years later, you might not be. So it's great. Well, yeah, I, I mean, let, let's let's be honest, you know, I mean, uh, what 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 will any of us be thankful for uh, 10 years from now? Um, I will tell you another thing, which will get us to our main topic, which was where I wanted to start with, was the idea of something that I was thinking about. There's a lot to be thankful about late 2021 versus late 2020. And one of them, I am thankful for the option to do one of my favorite activities, which is not drink the uh, the Danish red. But uh, I do enjoy it. Uh, but it's uh, the ease with which we can go to the movies again. And make sort of the snap decision, oh, I'm going to go see this movie tonight. And, yeah. uh, you know, things that I think even a few months ago, I would have been like, oh, I'll probably just wait for that. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Now, now I'll go. And uh, Kate, we've talked about this. You have the distinction of having accompanied me to my first movie back inside a theater uh, since Invisible Man in uh, <laughs> late February of 2020. Jeez, <laughs> I, I didn't know that. Yeah, oh, man. I, yeah. I I wanted it to be uh, the the cats live action movie. I I, I liked. The I would have liked cut, the idea. Right? I was well, No, I, I I still haven't seen the butthole cut, but uh, I'm really hoping for it. If you have a cat, you see the butthole cut every oh, day. Yeah, and I haven't had a cat in a while, but uh, I I have uh, you know in in, in many times <laughs> there've been many uh butthole cuts around and uh boy do i miss jeff right now well with this part of the conversation uh and yeah ivan soto uh does mention uh i actually did miss going to the movie theaters and uh you know I, there there was a little while uh, you know when it was like oh come see back to the future inside the movie theater for five dollars i'm like nah i'm okay uh but when movies like new movies started coming out again and then it got to the point where the press screening for Black Widow was the first movie I saw inside a theater in like, I don't know what it was, like uh, 13 months. And uh, uh, when our friend Jeff was unable to accompany me, uh, Caitlin was my second call and uh, she met me there. And then interestingly enough, that was the day we met. Yeah. In We've person. been doing podcasts, Will, for like, I don't know, seven months at that point. Yeah. Because oh, I just kept doing Marvel movie, movie talk and all that stuff. And I never met him. And I'd, I'd realized that when we sat down, because I was used to seeing his face. And i like, yeah. oh, it's so good to see you. And I sat down. I'm like, wait, we just met. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I, I need to see you again. What? <laughs> yeah. And what were you going to say? Person, right? Yeah, there's a first huh. time in person. Yeah. And uh, I'm saying so, you're much, it's much better to, to interact with you in person. It's, it's, it's just uh, it's not it's not the same doing it virtually. Yeah. You know? it's, and, like, it's not about Christian Blatt. That I mean, Blatt. the interesting thing was that she just beat me to it. I was about to turn to her, but she said it to me first. She said, hey, I just met you. And this is crazy. So here's my number. Call me. Maybe. 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 And that, of course, is the is what uh, I'm thankful for this year. <laughs> Carly Rae Jepsen. Yeah. Also, the uh, the Larry O'Connor theme song. Uh, yeah, which, yeah. I forgot about that. I feel like it's like what you did there is like I'm gonna put that on my wall. 
It's yeah. like going to be that like office quote where yeah. it's like you miss 100% of the chances you don't take Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. It's going to be like, hey, I just met you, Carly Rae Jensen, Christian Black. Yeah. yeah. I mean, basically, I mean, I think that that's, uh, you know, I've co-opted that. And uh, look, it's uh, it's fun. Like there are movies that I could have watched at home. Uh, Will and I saw The Suicide Squad in the theater because. Oh, cool. I was what did like, you guys think about that? Because I, I sat down. I saw that movie in IMAX. OK. And it was. No, it wasn't my first IMAX back. But I like yeah. turned to my friend and like for some reason, I forgot that it was James Gunn. And for some reason, I forgot which movie I was seeing. And I looked at my friend. I'm like, this is rated R, isn't it? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, it's going to be super bloody, isn't it? And he's like, yep. And I'm like, fuck, I don't like bloody things. Oh, <laughs> I am the worst when it comes to like. Even when it's like really comical blood like that. I could, I ended up, that ended up being okay. But there were moments in the beginning sequence where I'm just like, oh my God. Especially when like the bird like came and like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, very violent. My, my, my wife is. My, ass shit in there and I'm just like, you know. No, my wife is the same way. Yeah, than she, the Battle of Winterfell. But man, it's <laughs> a lot, guys. Yeah, my wife doesn't like to uh, on screen violence. Uh, yeah. She. She knew that she didn't want to watch Squid Game. Uh, yeah, that's I. Yeah, I did the and, same thing. I and, know it's good, guys, and it's gonna. It's exactly like that episode of Doctor Who, and no one's talking about the fact that it's just another Doctor Who episode. But oh, it's okay. Not everyone well, watched Doctor Who. Doctor Who. There's an episode of Doctor Who where they go into like deadly video games or deadly like game shows, and one of them is like oh, a version a, of like that's an Eccleston one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, yeah. It's yeah, like it's like where he goes back and it's like there's one where it's like the weakest link. And then they yeah, get yeah, shot. Yeah. And he ends up like in the big brother house at one point. Yeah. 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 That one has um, how can you tell me that's not Squid Game? Isn't Simon Pig Simon Pegg in that? Probably. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, he's, he's like the controller yeah. of the TV network. He's yeah. he's painted his skin is even more white than his already white. <laughs> Somehow he found it's, a way it's, to it. It went from white to white. Yeah. White. No, yeah. but uh, so I I watched the first Squid Game and I had decided like okay, my wife can't can't watch this and she heard it from upstairs and she's like oh yeah no I could tell she just heard too many gunshots yeah. and she's like yeah I won't enjoy because that. the first episode is the is the the big doll that turns yeah yeah yeah. yeah. So and she was just like, yeah, I don't, I don't need to see that. I'm okay. So. I have not watched it yet. I, it's on my list. It's okay. Yeah, I, I, I have not spoiled. Yet. I have not spoiled it. Uh, I have just said there have been some gunshots. And uh, I all I know is that I hope that there is a squid. Yep. And, and there's a game. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And a squid playing a game. The squid playing a game. I mean, yeah, it's actually, it, it's actually uh, Zoidberg from Futurama, and he's playing poker the entire time. So oh, enjoy. Yeah, I hope I didn't ruin it for you. I thought uh, you were the robot. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, in any case, uh, there are a couple instances of, uh, you know, so for me, like going back to the movies was a lot of like seeing big stuff. So, you know, Will and I, we went to see the Suicide Squad on the big screen uh, back when you still lived in the Valley. That, that was yeah. still convenient. Um, but you know, and and I'll I'll see the big movies. You know, I saw Ghostbusters Afterlife in IMAX. Uh, I still because, haven't because the screening was in IMAX, and it, you know, the, so I didn't have a choice. But still, uh, 
And I think that, uh, you know, so there's a lot of that, but also like just going to see small rooms, like I got to, I, I went to Vegas a few weeks ago and I met up with my dad and I could have done what I would have done as a younger man. And like, great, I'm going to go play some slots and go sit down and maybe play roulette. And instead I went to the movies, uh, upstairs in the casino I was in the Orleans. And, uh, I, uh, I saw the, the new Wes Anderson movie, the French dispatch. And I, I'm a, I'm a big Wes Anderson apologist. So even movies that I don't know are necessarily good. I usually tend to like, and I thought that this was good. Uh, there's a, it's like a collection of like three stories. One of them is stronger than the others, but I think it, it all worked for me and it was fun, but you know, that's definitely, I think a, Oh yeah. You could have waited for that to be streaming or whatever. And um, a movie that, I believe both of you liked more than I did is uh, last night in Soho. Oh, yeah, uh, the right movie. Will, are you? Yes. Yeah, I like. I think I'm in. I think I'm in the. I'm in the like. I really enjoyed that, but I don't think I'm in the like. Fuck that movie was fucking off the charts. Amazing. Were you? Yeah. Were you off? You you thought yeah. it was uh, off mm-hmm. the chain? I thought it was fascist. It was the shit. Yeah. It was well, such a dope movie. I I will let you rave about it. I will just uh, join. Uh, I will just uh, qualify. My comments are: I thought the entire movie looked beautiful. It was yeah. really well shot. Just incredible music. Great, you know. Uh, I thought that it was a great usage of music, and then all the sound. When the theater I went to, they told you that like the first twenty minutes, the sound is like in mono or something, and then there's sort of like a you know Wizard of Oz moment, like when she yeah. walks through, you know, and that. You know, so it's like it's done intentionally. Yeah. So uh, and I think that that is great to have that level of, you know, using the technology, using the sound, using all of our senses. Uh, And I think uh, story wise, I was really into it for two thirds of it. And then just for me, I know the moment that you dropped out. Yeah. And I, I think that it's not a big movie. So I think we can talk about it without spoiling it, really. But it just all fell apart for me, really, like the last 10, 15 minutes. And I, yeah, when you I realized who it was, I didn't hate it, but I was like, oh, I didn't like, I, I was like, oh, it could have gone other ways that I think I would have been happier with. Like what? But, well, I, I don't know how much I want to get into what it was because one day people will see this movie. Uh, but I I'm think cu- that I think it no, was I'm curious because it comes off more like, uh, like a B horror movie because of the way that it went. And it could have been, I it's think. It's by design. Yeah. No, no, yeah. I know. It's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, go ahead. Homage to old, you know, 60s British. Uh, yeah. I mean, like format wise. And that's one of those things where I was like, it took me a minute to realize like what he was doing. Now, I'm not that familiar with old, with old British cinema, but like, yeah. as far as some tropes go and some old movies I've seen with like, even before, like, Laird Krieger and some old horror kind of British bullshit like that. I guess like maybe halfway through, I was like, Oh, okay. Like I, I kind of see what's happening. So then when it started to pivot, I was like, Oh, that's interesting because I kept waiting and like having guesses of like what was going to happen. So I inherently didn't think for the longest time until really towards the end that it what the yeah. end was what, what it was going to be because I was sort of trying to piece it together like it was kind of a modern thing and so when it was a sort of to most people if you know that like an unsurprising twist for me it was surprising just because what? I thought it was going in a more modern 
direction for the longest time? So to answer the question, sort of it to the, Ivan had a question about if it's a sixth sense like movie and it kind of is and it kind of isn't. Yeah. So it's basically the story of um, a young girl who feels like an outsider. She's obsessed with the 60s. Um, and her mom kind of instilled this, like, and her grandma instilled this love of, like, the 60s and 60s music and 60s fashion. And she ends up getting into fashion school in London. And so she goes to to London and is a complete outsider. She does not fit in with any of the girls there um, and any of the people there except for this one weird stalker guy but they make it clear very early on that she can see the ghost of her mom and she can see ghosts and her grandma's worried about her in the big city that something would happen to her and so to get away from these crazy girls she ends up renting her own apartment where she starts to connect with the ghost of a woman who died in that room and she dreams this other woman's life and it starts to kind of connect with her own yeah, so that's yeah. the basic premise of, of last night in soho yeah and i think it's important for a movie that probably most people haven't you know you're gonna have plenty of people who have probably not even heard of it and i think that uh you know uh, anna taylor joy being the uh, the the other woman you know the the other side of the equation i yeah. think uh it's great to see her and you know i think that uh it, it's interesting because when you have you know, somebody that has an ability like, oh, I'm like living this thing that happened. And you always wonder like, oh, is it real? But then, you know, oh, but she has like a hickey, you know, from that night in Soho. So I think it's, it's very, it's sort of like mysterious, a little bit explored. And I think, you know, stylistically, it like I did like it. Ghosts can interact with her very early yeah. on. So when yeah. they do start messing with her, it's like, oh no, this could be real. This could be real danger, not just imaginary danger. So that yeah. when she reacts back back at them, it's terrifying, not only for, for her, but the consequences. And the last time everyone has seen Thomas and Mackenzie was in Jojo Rabbit. She was the yeah, that's girl yeah. in Jojo Rabbit. And that's also, what I was gonna say. Shyamalan's old, which I might have been the only person to see that movie. Yeah. Yeah. You were the only person to see that movie. I actually yeah. didn't mind it. It wasn't terrible. <laughs> So let, let's uh, put it on the M night scale. Uh, is it closer to the village or yeah, it's sort of like breakable? I think it's closer to the village where it's like most of it's actually pretty good. Okay, you know, and then and then the last like little bit, you're like ah, okay. <laughs> but I I, I it. here's where I I differ from, and I I also I, I'm gonna. T- say i hate being the person but i'm the only woman on the panel it's fair for those who haven't seen the movie the bad guy the antagonist of the film is not a person it is an idea so go into the movie knowing that it is the antagonist of the film is the male gaze especially the male gaze of the 60s this kind of patriarchal like you know you'll see it throughout as a running theme and even when she starts seeing the ghosts, it's the men are faceless and they are scary. And for me, they were terrifying because that's what I see when I'm walking down the street and I kind of like catch what a guy kind of looks like and then put my head down a little bit. It's like a blur of, of men that you kind of don't really want to interact with, but force themselves to interact with you. 
Right. And exactly. even from the cab driver saying stuff like, you know, a little too close of like, you know, where do you, where are you staying? I'll, I'll stay out for you. And will you design something for me? And like, oh, your skirt's really short. Like, the, the, like even like those little comments, like start to be a little creepy and then it gets terrifying. And so it's like uh, allowing men to see this movie about how women are, how a creeped out woman can become a terrified woman. I thought was really important and and what the ghosts physically represented to that. And so having the twist at the end for me, it was, that was the only solution. Right. That was the only thing. And to have it that it wasn't, the ghost wasn't what I thought it was and the haunting wasn't what I thought it was, was actually for me the best ending. Um, and, and just to, and it, it talks about empowerment in a different way and in a tariff, in a scary way and in a very complicated way. So without giving that away, yeah, I, I implore people who want to go see this movie, explore a movie you wouldn't normally go see. This isn't Avengers. This is a smaller Edgar Wright. He's a very smart filmmaker and nothing is out of place in his movies. And you know, he's very but, but Anna Taylor Joy was in New Mutants. So, you know, if you and and of course and she looks what ma- 20 years different now because that movie took like, fucking forever to like eight years. But of course, also uh Matt Smith is in this movie. And uh, you know, I think uh just it because was, people do nerd things does not make this a nerd movie. No, but it's always worth letting people know who might be nerds that you can see nerd actors in a non-nerd setting. You know, that's true. That's I mean, why I. I feel I, like it's. Oh wow. Go ahead, Will. It's just, he's just nerdy in general. There's some nerdiness going on here. You know, like yeah. he's. It's a big homage to this thing. I feel like it's kind of. It's it's a little, it's a little nerdy. In its own way, you know, I don't know. Well, because it's dealing with any kind of, even if it's like spiritual time travel, you know, there's something, yeah, there's yeah. there's something mystical about it. Or this like fantasizing of of an of a bygone era. Right. Or yeah. fantasizing about the 60s and how great they were, but how also not great they were. His yeah. love of that type of movie. Are we spoiling this movie? or? Well, we... I don't want to talk about what the twist in the ending is, but other I'm than that, not to. Well, yeah, I feel like you could say anything apart from that. It's there's... just because, I, you know, if somebody goes into it knowing that, I feel like it takes away. Sometimes saying, you know, things about a movie, it's not going to ruin things. But yeah. I well, feel like early on an early on thing. Yeah, that that's were fine. That's fine. Yeah. But I thought that was like kind of like, eh, this bothers me when people use mental illness as a plot device. Sure. Because her mother. Yeah, I can see that. The premise of the setup isn't just that she can see ghosts. It's that her mom was mentally unwell and then killed herself. Yeah. yeah. And she took her own life because she suffered from mental illness. And so they're, they're using then her and her visions. Is she suffering from the same delusions that her mom is, is it pushing her to the same thing? Is she mentally ill? And it turns out, no, you know, some of these things that are happening really did happen. So there's a magical element to it that sort of apologizes for this. Like maybe she's a paranoid schizophrenic psych it's ghosts. So you're like, okay, so we're the mental. So, okay. So it's not, that's not important that we discuss that part of it thematically fine. They just kind of like leave it, but they use it to question her sanity which is like kind of unfair and i it it would have been i think better had they addressed that in a little bit more head-on way as opposed to being able to use it for outsiders to be able to judge her and think she was crazy it existed purely for that 
for that reason. I get that. Okay. That's a good call. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, I, I definitely understand that criticism. And, uh, you know, I think that it's, I think from the story standpoint, I, I, I did kind of like the mean girl aspect where they're like, oh, and God, you know, the other girl who's like, well, I had like an aunt who committed suicide or there yeah. was, I forgot yeah. exactly what she said. Yeah. She's like the one upmanship. Yeah. I, I, I was just like, it's sort of like, it's, it's funny because that is kind of a true to life moment. Obviously yes. it's an extreme yeah. example, but it's like, Oh yeah. Well, you know, I, I've got tragedy too. Okay. Yeah. I call yeah. it, I actually have a term for it of my own because I've gotten into this conversation with people so many times. I call it measuring grievance dicks. <laughs> Because I like that. Anytime someone's like says something bad happened to them, there's always somebody who's like, "Well, my day was this," and it's like, "Do we want to? Are we?" My boyfriend was so much worse. You have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Measuring grievance six. Okay, fine. I know. I like it. But that's that's kind of what's interesting about being in a uh, a culture right now on Instagram where mental health is being put on on display. Mm-hmm. And and we're defining ourselves by trauma, but also going that trauma doesn't define me. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird because it's, we I'm the victim of this, but I'm not a victim. We it's like, to, how do I move on from that? And I think yeah, this movie yeah. asks that question. It is kind but of, but it's not story. an overt question and it's not an overt question until you pick it up. Right. Yeah. I mean, social media presently, it's like, it's sort of like people want to have their cake and eat it too. Sort of element where, it's like, I'm not fragile. I'm very strong until I decide to be the victim. And I'm not talking about like, you know, right. People accusing people of like, oh, you're a triggered snowflake. Cause we all know that the people That's who not, yeah. are the triggered snowflakes themselves. Um, but it is an, it is a fine line that we're walking where we're very progressive in some of these conversations about things like mental health. And then right. also, it's, it's like walking on eggshells sometimes just because the conversations are brand new. And I think people are hoping that people like get it perfect right out of the gate. And it's like, it's never, it's always messy, which is why that element to the movie, like didn't ruin it for me. I was just kind of no, like, yeah. ah, bummer. But it was like, it didn't, didn't upend the whole movie. No. And I, I think uh, performance wise, uh, I think that, uh, you know, Thomas and McKenzie was great. And I did have to look up after the movie. I'm like, Oh, that's, she was the girl in Jojo Rabbit, which she was also great in that. So, uh, you know, I think it's a it's a great opportunity for her to shine. And uh, Anna Taylor Joy, this was like one of like five projects she all did in the same like. You know, there's like a two year span where she was just you know she did Queen's Gambit and this and I, I forget what else she did like a bunch of stuff and it all kind of came out around the same time. And yes, Will, I think uh, I think that. Uh, uh, New Mutants was shot in 1865 and it took that long for it to come out. It was called so. Ye Old Mutants at the time. Ye Old. <laughs> Ye so Old. It took so long to release, yeah. they just changed they, it to they, New Mutants. They just had to change it to New Mutants. Yeah. I had the, uh, That's very funny. Um, was that well? Well, here at the Black Cast, and at Kate, I don't know how many times you, how many episodes of the Black Cast you've done. Well, this is the first. Exclusive black cat, black cast. You know, appearance. over the years, we've had many different segments, and we wade into some inappropriate things for jokes' sake. And I feel like Christian, I have to share a black cast appropriate story for you, but I risk it coming across as very gross. But I think it's funny. 
if I'm permitted this uh, 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 the dude element, will you have it. the will you have the floor? Please. I, while watching old uh, M Night Shyamalan's uh, old recent recent um, film, yeah, ye yeah. old old as it was now <laughs> before. Uh, Thompson McKenzie, I don't know. She's like 20 years old in that movie. She plays like the the kids grow up, right? Because they're on a beach where they're there, like over the course of a of a an day. afternoon, an afternoon, yeah. And I was like, oh, I've never seen that actress before. Uh, now that I'm like wading into this, I'm like, oh, this I shouldn't tell. This good story. Are you are you feeling like oh, I should have told this story when it was just three dudes? No, because it's kind of funny. Okay, so. Okay. So they're all they're all at a beach. And listen, the young, attractive actor. And uh, I was like, oh, she's cute. She's cute. Everybody's okay. hanging at the beach. Uh, but I did notice that for her age, I was like, wow, she this is a this is a well-endowed individual. Okay. Uh, she's she's been she's genetically gifted. I'm watching last night in Soho and I'm like, where have I seen this person before? She looks familiar. There's a brief shot where she's changing in her hotel room. And you get a quick shot of her chest. And I was like, oh, she's from old. <laughs> I recognize her boobs because she had fantastic boobs. I feel so bad saying that because she's like pretty young. She's over 18, so it's technically she's 20, fine. You know. Yeah, she's okay. Pervy. It makes yeah. me feel a little pervy. But I was just like, it was her boobs that instantaneously gave her away. Well, that's the most black cast thing <laughs> you've said in a few years. I I, I think that, uh, I you know, I, I think... I'm glad you were willing to share that with us. That uh, that that was in a movie that is as as uh, we have now talked about about the male gaze. Look at what I did. I know. And I was just gonna say something with me. And you know, Will. Many episodes, Will has been our resident feminist, uh, (laughs) because just mostly because uh, myself, Jeff. And even on shows that Zia was on, I mean, I I think that Will would probably be, you know, a little bit more sensitive to other women's feelings than Zia is. Uh, Will was always our uh, our resident feminist, and he would okay, uh, he, he would try and keep us in check. You know, but, I the mantle, so you I, can be. I believe that it's okay to still believe that people are objectively attractive. Yeah, real. I think I think that's absolutely fine. Yeah, I think so too. Trying to frame it in as polite a way as I can, but I did feel a deep shame at being able to identify an actress by her boobs. So. I'm so glad well, you were able I to. I mean, see that. did everyone see the trailer for Pam and Tommy that just came out? No, but I, I did in that show actually. I did a bit part for that. Oh, nice! You should Wait. watch the trailer. Okay. Are you are are you uh, the stand-in for uh, Tommy's? No, uh, I have no line, but I am. I do play a porn star. I do. Oh, I'm in a simulated. By the way. Is this not the f- this is not the first time you played a porn star, right? No, this is the first time. Oh, you were a stripper and something. Yeah, right? I was a stripper no, okay. twice. All right, twice. My- Conversation's fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> it should be. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you've also been a murder suspect. Uh, oh yeah, I shot an innocent man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What was that on? That was. Uh, that was uh, criminal, criminal minds. minds? Yeah. 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 Anyway, I didn't mean to hijack this to make it about the male gaze, but it's no, all. I mean, it, it already was. And Proving you were point. Just, you were, honestly, it just proves the point. And, yeah. uh, you know, I... I uh, <laughs> bring that up. I want, I, want to, I, want to, I want everyone to see this right now. 
Yeah, that Ivan Soto says creepy <laughs> conversation. I think yeah. the creepier part about it is that I'm like, what's the politest, not creepy way I can say this? Made it more creepy. No, it's so creepy. If yeah. I just said it straight out, it would have been yeah. less well, creepy. Let's let's circle or back to old. Would it have made second. a difference if I said it? If you recognize an actress because of her boobs, Fire, or, yeah. I think. I mean, is it less fun. creepy when I do it? I think, I think it, it probably yeah. is, right? It's probably yeah. less. I mean, regardless of your orientation, which is established now because it's, you mentioned, you know, you said you, you used the word boyfriend before. But yeah. regardless of your orientation, I think it would still be less creepy because, you know, yeah. it could just, you know, it'd just be like, oh, okay. I just noticed. But uh, let's bring it back to old for a second because Ivan wants to know where's old in a scale from Sixth Sense to The Last Airbender? Oh, man. Last Airbender is genuinely one of the worst movies that's ever been made. And I'm I'm kind of like a I'm not an M. Night Shyamalan apologist. I just always wanted him to like have another hit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I just really liked those first couple of movies, and I was like, man, I know what he's. I mean, of. I thought that the Glass trilogy was okay. Split was good. I enjoyed Split. I didn't see yeah. Glass. Glass. And if you haven't seen Splint uh, Servant on Apple, oh, you should watch I, the first episode oh. of of Servant. I, I actually meant that. to watch that, but, uh, but so, I, enjoyed, I got so rid of Apple Plus. So, yeah, cause... so Servant is, he kind of like, not as a showrunner, but he like, he spends the first episode setting the visual tone of the, the series. Okay. And okay. then he gets to do the twist and then never do does anything ever again. So then oh, other God. people take on like the mantle that he set. So he's it's... kind of like created this beast. He set the tone, did the twist, and then left it. Huh. So, so he, he didn't actually have to follow through. So it's actually like, Probably some of his best directing. If you want good M. Night Shyamalan, this is why he was such a good director. Yeah. He directed the first, episode, the first episode of Servant. I do remember the like seeing the the billboards and stuff for that. And I was like, oh, I should check that out. Because I also liked The Visit. Was that what it was called? Yeah. Um, footage one, which I thought was surprisingly clever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then anyway. it's very much in the vein of uh, for people who... It's a, it's a, like the boy. It's in the visual. It's in the kind of like tone of the boy, the, which is a horror movie. Oh, the doll, the the doll. The doll. Kid. Yes. Okay. With with Rupert, the guy from Man in the High Castle. Everyone says looks like me, or vice versa. When we were, I don't know about that. Rupert, but Servant's great. It's on Apple. If you want oh. a good M Night Shyamalan thing. On a scale of old six cents to Last Airbender, I yeah, yeah. I, I guess. Uh, Closer to Last Airbender, but it's not that bad. Like Last Airbender, oh. is, is it like so right bad. in the middle? It's in the middle. Like it's the the happening. Middle. Where is it in, in relation right to the happening? Middle. It's better than the happening. Okay. Yeah. yeah. If it's like I feel like people it mm -hmm. until the end, until the twist happens. Do you mean but old? That's usually what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I I liked Unbreakable. Uh, I've told this story before on the podcast, but I don't think Kate's ever heard it. Uh, I really I thought Unbreakable was great. And then my my friend and I who we went to see it together. Uh, she and I laughed so hard that we couldn't breathe with. They called me Mr. Glass and we just, I just thought that was such a shitty ending. But then they made it worse with the uh, the title card that was like he was sent to a home for criminally insane. It was just like it was just like it was good. And then it was cheese piled on top of cheese. And then there was like one other thing that it said. And it was just like, I couldn't stop. So I can only think of that movie in like the last 30 seconds 
because I remember laughing at it, but I remember it being beautifully shot. There was a really cool, like uh, some shots, like on a, uh, on a train, like behind Bruce Willis. And it was like filmed, like, you know, from the gap between the, and it was like, it just like, it looked great. I love superhero stories, obviously. And then it just like lost me in the last minute and like literally the last minute. Can we use uh, that as a segue into another film with be- that was so beautiful? Yeah. Well, but, I, I, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad you brought it up. And uh, we have previously on previously on the Blackcast. Uh, previously on we, the Blackcast. We have discussed the uh, Dune. And when we say Dune, we're talking about uh, Dune parentheses 2021, not Dune parentheses 1985. Not the David Lynch Dune. So we're talking about yes, that's Dean. Dean, Dean, that's the one that we're talking about. And uh, Kate, uh, really, the impetus for really wanting to have you on to talk about this, and and Will, I I have a general sense for how you felt about it. Yeah, when we talked about it on the Blackcast previously, Um. uh, Jeff C and I uh, were all fairly positive. And look, Jeff had the benefit of he had just read the book; he had read the entire book like right before he saw. Also read it. Okay, well, he (laughs) I didn't. So so I was like, yeah, I could see. There were times where I'm like, oh boy, I feel like I could have read this book. Um, but I forgot that you had said that you had just uh, read the book. Uh, so you can expand as much as you want, but make sure you, you get to the overall summary that I thought was the perfect encapsulation for how someone could feel about this movie. This movie was the most beautiful movie I wanted to shoot myself in. (laughs) I feel similar. It was just like... I'll get to the main, th- the crux of why I'm here in a second. But this movie, okay. For those who don't know on the broadcast, and for Will, who just met me an hour ago, um, I want to be a writer and a director. Mm. Denis changed how I look at film with Arrival. Okay. I know he's a great technical filmmaker. There are a lot of great technical filmmakers and I'm not taking that away from them. There are, I work on film sets. I I work in the industry. There are a ton of super talented, passionate people in this industry that are very good at what they do. And when it all syncs up, when props and, and visual effects and the visual effects that work inside a real image and you can't tell the difference and you have this sand that's rippling like the ocean and it's like, holy moly. And then you have this like weird, like, butthole worm that I'm like, what the shit? It's like, it's so great. And then you have this costume design and like everything lines up. The score lines up, except for this weird moment, which is bagpipes. And I've already, it's weird. Oh, I'm on the train. I'm on the dune train. I'm, I'm there with it. And everything lines up. And then you just, I walked out of that movie and I was just so empty. Yeah, so bored. Because nothing served the story. Like, I was a little heartbroken because Dune is, I don't, I feel like we should not give it the way, the, the leeway of saying it's unfilmable when you decide to film it. Okay. That's the challenge that you're taking. Yeah. When you yeah. say something is, it's like, oh, it's supposed to be unfilmable. And it's like, don't give them a pass. They tried to film this. <laughs> like, Many times. Yeah, and, and, and 
for David Lynch, it was trying to tell too complicated of a story. At, at least for uh, Villeneuve, uh, it's like, oh yeah, I can't tackle this, and you know, the, this has to be like I don't know, four or five hours. Uh, at least there's that realization. I think yeah. uh, David Lynch like wanted to take his name off of his version. You know, like yeah. that's how he felt about the and way it turned out. Yeah. To answer Ivan's question, the books are good. The books serve a very specific purpose. Um, it basically does a, a a messiah, a white messiah story, and then kind of says the consequences of a white messiah story in the 60s. Hmm. And it does it with magic and intergalactic politics, and there's a political thriller in there. There's witches... And um, and it's 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 a hero's journey of a kid who who's played by you know Timothy Chalamet, and <laughs> and 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 kind of like being a little bit lost. But it was like I felt like I couldn't say anything negative about such a beautiful movie. But it was like I felt like I was being masturbated on and then not allowed to feel anything. Oh, it was totally one sided. You got Louis C. It was such a one sided encounter. Yeah. And I just, I'm like, I'm sticky now and I don't know what to do. And I guess you're rolling over and I'm going to leave. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. It was, it, and, it and was literally that line. Will is the only reason I'm on this podcast. No, that, that is <laughs> the reason you're on this episode in particular, that that's the reason I conceived this idea was because you said that and it made me laugh so hard. The idea that it was like, yeah, it was like the lights came up in the theater and it was like, you need to go home now. Yes. You don't get to stay oh, for you, you don't get to, to stay to leave. You don't get to stay for breakfast in the morning. No. You have to go home now. I, a gotta, I have to work in the morning. Yeah. It's like I got a really early day. There's a couple of times Scorsese has done that where I'm just like, Yeah. I don't I don't appreciate that you think I have to watch this three hour, four hour movie. <laughs> Irishman. I don't think that you get to yeah. tell me that, Marty. No. I would like a two-hour version of this. Yeah. It's I mean, I agree that I, now I, you had just read the book, which is interesting. I had no, I have never seen a version of it, never read anything. All I knew was that it was like desert planet space movie. So yeah. I was like, cool. A kid I'm gets open. high off of space cocaine and has yeah. visions. Right. Well, hey, Star Wars is a desert planet space movie. So yeah. that probably would work, right? Which he like, saves in editing. And it was made like Star Wars was inspired by Dune. A lot of the fantasy genre has been inspired by this book, but I think they just didn't know what their story was. And to use a screenwriting term, ha, ah, great. There's, two, there's, there's two, a basic thing in screenwriting, which I wish Eric was here which is you have like the A plot line, which is the story that you follow, and then the B plot line. And sometimes C's and D's and, you know, keeps going on and on and on. Sure, yeah. And the B plot line kind of interacts and intercepts the A story and kind of acts as a little bit of a foil of like, hey, the B plot line's telling you what the A plot line should do. Hey. Wait a minute. Are you saying that you felt that Dune didn't handle the G-H-I-J-K stories as well as they could have? I'm thinking that they didn't even handle their A story well. Because if... if uh, they didn't have it greenlit, 
but they ended it where they did, where it was a cliffhanger. And there's no way they weren't going to make a second one. <laughs> there's no freaking way. Well, that's but, the thing. it seems like that's the real story is like the next one. Cause yeah. I'm watching this as like a total outsider. Like, okay, so what, so, and I so, did feel, and I wrote some, I think Instagram, I was like, man, this is the grittiest Jesus origin story I've ever seen. Like, I just didn't, I didn't know it was a Messiah thing. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay. It's a super yeah. Jesus thing. And, yeah. uh, and you were also like, like, wait, why is Zendaya on the poster? Yeah. And Javier Bardet, like I was waiting for what I assumed was like the action part where he sides with the like rebels underground or whatever. Like right. that, going to be the fun that's going to be the cool part of dune and then it's like an hour and a half two hours in i keep checking my phone i'm like man first of all when is this shit over and, and then the bagpipes happen and i'm just like okay i'm awake now that was my 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 takeaway tweet that christian stole a joke from me but it's okay i'll let you i'll let you have your joke back was, and go ahead and share two it. things about the very distant future i'm very excited we still have one bagpipes yep. and two people are still named paul yeah and, and I also world. love that in an intergalactic universe, there is a character named Duncan Idaho. I think Paul is way more like Duncan Idaho sounds like pew pew Harrison Ford, Han Solo, but like and, like, and Lady Paul. Jessica. Is it but Paul? Will Paul over here? I, I think that <laughs> it's, it's obviously it's very, an appropriate name quiet. because because it's, Will, it's, as it's, you and I have established uh, our mutual appreciation, we know that Paul is the name of a star child. That's true. So it uh, only makes sense. Paul also being the real birth name of the space ace mm. and the fox, by the way. Yeah, oh, so, okay. so you're saying that three that's... of the five original members of Kiss were uh, <laughs> were named Paul yeah. at some point. Is so that... clearly it Is belongs that... in sci-fi. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I but, forgot. Will, for you, it was just ultimately was just you were bored, right? And I think yeah. you, you you basically said that when Jeff and I were talking about it in, in more general terms. Yeah. But that's where it came, what it came down to for you is I, that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, that's okay. Well, it's, it, I, I was trying to summarize your thought. And instead, I'm like, why don't I just let you say it? Don't wait for the translation. Um, don't wait for the translation. <laughs> I agree. That I, Denny Villeneuve, is that am I saying that right? Denny Villeneuve, is that how he says his name? Um, yeah. Love that guy. Like D uh, Danny Villanova, I think. Prisoners and, and Sicario, especially too. And then Arrival, really, I agree, like was the big thing that I was like, man, this is what a fucking masterclass in filmmaking all around. Like, yeah. But that's also just a really great script. And uh, so then I saw the new Blade Runner and I was like, yeah, if anyone's going to do a Blade Runner, like what a great choice. And I was like, man, this movie's fucking boring shit. Why did they make it? Like it's beautiful and the performances are great and the music's good. Same thing. And I was like, man, this movie sucks. And they cut to Jared Leto for like 45 minutes where it's like the sinewy waterfall rains down its mercy upon the, those who, and I'm like, man, shut the fuck up. What are you even talking about? Like for two and a half hours, this movie was just like, we're the Blade Runner sequel. And I was like, be fun then. Where's the fun part? So now yeah. I go to and like, okay, Denny, you kind of pulled the wool over my eyes a little bit. And then you showed me that Blade Runner movie. And I'm like, I really hope that there's at least some space battles and some fun no. stuff that's going to happen. And it was just people looking for cinnamon and then fat <laughs> Dylan Skarsgård, like in like oil. oil eating whatever the fuck. And apparently he can crawl on walls and like everybody, the witches thing too. I was just like, I, it was beautiful. And anyone 
else scream in their minds, what's in the box? <laughs> oh, that's a good yeah, I definitely wanted to know. Pain. And I was like, that's why don't you just stab his hand? Like, why yeah, do you right. have him put it in a box? It's another one of those things where, like, I felt a little, I was one of the very few people in the world who did not like Game of Thrones. But I conceded that I thought Game of Thrones, I must have been the exception, right? Everybody else liked it. I thought it was super fucking boring. And all I wanted was wizards and dragons and spells. Because they promised me a fantasy show about dragons. And everyone was like, that's actually about politics. And I was like, well, then don't fucking tell me it's a fantasy show. <laughs> so then I go to see Dune and I'm like, I want to see. a politics show with dragons. I was like, I want, I got to see Dune and I'm like, I want lasers. I want spaceships. I want fights. I want space. And everyone was like, well, it's actually about politics. And I was like, I'm going to fucking shoot myself. <laughs> now I have to sit here for two and a half hours yeah. to see half of a story. No. Don't I. Don't I go to the movies to get away from politics? I'm Isn't supposed that the idea? Yeah. And, yeah. Then it's like, and now I'm with the rebels and I'm like, I don't even want to see the next one now. I'm so mad that I wasted all <laughs> well, that time for because, a fucking backstory I could have got in 15 minutes. Because Duncan Idaho won't be in it. And you know yes. what I love about this comment from Ivan Soto is uh, the way that I talk about Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, the incest, the incest show, show, right? right? Uh, you, you left out uh, the incest and rape show. Because uh, yes. that's really what it is. And um, I didn't, you know, and, and uh, again, this is mostly for, for Kate. Uh, I, for people that have uh, listened or listened to or watched the broadcast, you know that I just didn't watch Game of Thrones because I don't like any of that stuff. It, 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 it's the, I, I don't care about the, the dragons and I don't, I, and usually to annoy people, I would usually say, no, I just don't like hobbits and shit. And that's and funny. I would just say that because it's not really. Yeah, I know that that's not what it is. But, but I was just like, no, I'm speaking of that, that answers Ivan's question, which is what movies based on act, the books have actually worked. And I would say the Lord of the Rings worked, not the Hobbits. But I would no, say Lord no, of the Rings. The, the, the Hobbits took like a basically a pamphlet and turned it into like nine hours of movie. So uh, but the the Hobbit is the only. I of will the, say that the Lord of the, of the Rings is one of the best films ever made. What was that, Kate? I'm sorry. Lord of the Rings is still one of the best like fantasy stories ever made. I think the uh, approaching it as a series is probably a good idea. The you know the Amazon series yeah. that uh, uh, fr a friend of uh, my wife's uh, has been uh, living in, in New Zealand for the last couple of years, and now they're all moving to uh, to England to finish up uh, that series. So uh, we'll, right. it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Hooray. Um, yeah, it because- sounds like ruined even, the worst thing about that is like HBO's nudity quota for like no reason. Like that, for me to be a guy that 30 minutes ago said like, this is what I thought about this person in Last Night in Soho to watch Game of Thrones and be like, if I see another tit again, I'm gonna fucking <laughs> lose my mind. Like I couldn't stand how much not nudity there was in that show for no fucking reason. Two dudes yeah. would have a conversation and there's a naked woman sitting on one of the dudes' laps. And I'm like, get her out of, why is she there? Why yeah. is she not even saying least, I, I mean, at least in The Sopranos, a lot of the scenes were set in a strip club. So <laughs> there was a reason for it, you know? But it's like, there's some 75 year old guy who's like John HBO, who's still been doing it this whole time. Was, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But there needs to be more tits. There's not enough tits. I Wait, get I'm sorry. Be dragons. And why does he sound like? Why does he sound like your Stanley impression? No, that. That's, I remember when I invented, when I invented tits. tits. Before that, 
the, the Sue Storm was flat as My a board. And I said to Kirby, I said to Kirby, you got to give her a wreck. <laughs> Kate, I'm but. so sorry. I've just, I've just, she's this like, I'm never coming back. This is the funniest shit I've heard all day. Never fucking again. I hate. No, this like, is great. I was like, if I see a naked woman again ever in my life, it'll be too fucking soon. I hope I never do. Like Game of Thrones ruined me. Well, and then I got married. Yeah. yeah. But I'm just like, it's nice when it's done for a reason and it surfaces a story, like writing wise. Like those things need to right. be motivated. And Game of Thrones was just like floor to ceiling, unmotivated, Kid. like trauma and nudity. Not that that's what Dune was all about. It wasn't. Un- unmotivated trauma. By the but way, it was still. Uh, I think that uh, maybe it would have woken you up if there was a tit or two in Dune. You know, maybe it would have been I like, don't okay. Think so. I think at this point. So, like, I totally forgot reading the book, like, that she was, the, like, Lady Jessica was not a white, she was a concubine. And I'm like, what? I forgot yeah, that. They don't make that clear until, like, late in the movie. And I was like, oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah. And, okay. And, and Jeff, also the fact that Paul doesn't lose in any scene he's in, he's supposed to be the one that like doesn't know anything because Josh Brolin like yells at him that one time that he doesn't know anything, Jon Snow. Right. And then every scene he's like in a diplomatic situation, he's just like perfect, and he's just like, "Here's this brilliant idea," and his father's the king is like, "Oh yes, my son, <laughs> he's the shit." It's why. I'm and I'm just like, you. "Can you like lose? <laughs> you just." Paul. That's the uh, that's what I like to call the Dave effect. If you've seen the movie Dave with uh, yeah. Kevin uh, uh, Kevin Klein, Kevin Klein, where yeah. you find a guy who looks just like the president named Dave, and he replaces the president. And wouldn't you know, he could solve diplomacy, and it ends up being like, what if we were just nicer to each other? And everyone's like, Whoa, hey, Dave's on to something. You got oh. some good, you got uh, some good shit, Dave. I, I I liked Dave. I thought it was fun. I, know, I love but. that movie. Yeah, all right. That's but I just the idea that a common dude like comes in and apparently everybody in like all of Congress is like, you know what? This is this dude's onto something. It's like the same for Paul, where it's like this motherfucker doesn't know shit. He's a kid, he doesn't know anything. Yeah. Well, uh, so <laughs> I guess what you're saying is that uh to save themselves from having to watch Dune chapter two, yeah, people should just Dune skip two. Dune chapter one. Dune two. Yeah. Yeah, now, just go straight. Okay. Would you say that they should just that they that the book is worth reading? Just skip the movie and spend the time reading the book, or is that even questionable? Um, if you're really into fantasy, if you really like the world building, Dune is a must read. If you're a casual fan and you just want to see the results, don't you don't have to read Dune. But if you're if you are a fan of a diehard fan of Star Wars, I did. <laughs> if you <laughs> if you like anything related to world building or fantasy, anything to do with space or intergalactic stuff, Dune was basically the the foundational book of modern, and by modern I mean like post like fifties. Um, yeah. uh, it's it's not Asimov, it's not robots, it's not it, it's it's our it's it's the late it's the late 20th century's like fan, uh, space fantasy kind of stock and if you're interested in how those worlds are created and how much detail is in those worlds and if you've watched the movie and you see where the detail comes from that they're lifting from i think it would be an interesting thing to for you to read but okay. 
if you were a casual fan of just like, no, 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 just like, you know, may, you know, just t- touch until I, I feel something. Yeah. Don't watch yeah. it. But like- <laughs> That's me. I genuinely, I am much more the casual fan. Like as a kid, I was way more into fantasy and stuff. I like a little humor and tongue and cheekness with my sci-fi. So I don't yeah, think- Yeah, there's like- not a lot of tongue and cheek in there. I, watching this movie, thought to myself, I will never read this fucking book. Ever. Yeah, and that's a shame. I feel like I feel like fantasy. I don't know if that's the goal or or a sub goal of fantasy work, and I'm still questioning that. Of is fan are fantasy visual mediums? Uh, are they an advertisement to read the book? Uh. And and to read the content and go further. Like I know that happened a lot with Witcher, which is one of my favorite things that came out last year. And, uh, or two years ago, I think came out in 2019, but, um, I watched the show. I got immediately obsessed with this world of of the continent and I wanted to know more and I do not play video games. And I started to play the video game and now I'm a gamer. And then I started reading the books and now I love the stories. So is, is it, and I know a lot of people who, you know, did it forwards with they read the harry potter books and then the movies came out and i know a lot of my generation who watched the lord of the rings series and then read the books Mm. so it's like do we have an obligation as visual storytellers to advertise the print medium that we that we based our stories off of like the marvel movies do yeah does it make you want to read the comic or are you okay with just like no 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 this is just a bite-sized yeah I mean, I think that that's a good and effective, that's like a good adaptation. That's good. That's well produced if it inspires people. I'm one of the very few people who really liked Disney's John Carter. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, uh, also, I, to answer I Ivan's question, no, the games do not spoil the show. Oh, gotcha. Oh, yeah. I didn't even see that on there. Yeah, yeah. The Witcher is great, but I was told the game spoiled the show. Uh, you say it does not. So, yeah, I, I remember that you liked John Carter, and John yeah, Carter and was supposed to be a film series. But, I got uh, really into the Edgar Rice Burroughs books, and I read, I mean, he wrote like fucking 12 of them, but I think I read six or seven. It's the same and, guy who wrote Tarzan, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. And things like that. Like, I think if a movie or, a, or a, an adapted medium exists, like, it really should service its source material in such a way that it's like faithful to it, but also inspires you to go back and watch it. I've seen 30 minutes of the first episode of Cowboy Bebop. And I'm like, I don't think this is going to make people feel like, Ooh, this is really cool. I should go watch the show. Cause it's really just trying to be almost like a live action shot for shot remake of the show, which doesn't create that same like, Oh, this is a cool world. I want to go see where this originated. It's like, Oh, I'll just not watch this and watch where it originated because that's better. Like, or a right. book. just read the book because that's better. Right. Uh, I, I don't need to shit on Cowboy Bebop because I haven't seen enough of it yet, but yeah, it's, but it's, it's, it's just, what but I did like, I did like lot the lost session that they put out that little weird short film that wasn't really a trailer and was more like an advertisement for like, here's the style we're going for. It was like a right. three minute thing that came, they came out with. And I thought that was really great. Is that where like the frames were moving and stuff? And yeah, the- and it was where the, po- yeah. the posts were kind of creating the kind of like it was very very cool, and was- I really enjoyed it. That was and they brought up the soup. Called. They brought up the recurring theme that he always eats soup and, and noodles and like you know fishes was brought up a little bit, but like yeah, you know it was really like a, a compact thing, and I'm just like okay cool, I see where you're going, and for me it was better than the trailer, right? Because I was right. like you get why this was important. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know about I, shot I wanna, for shot remakes. I want to no shot, but shot for shot remakes. I don't like the the Gus Van Sant Psycho is like why on earth would you have ever made that? I saw that uh, first, <clears throat> but it, I saw the original Psycho. Did you did it affect what? you viewing the original one? I no, I was a kid, and I remember being like, "What is this?" And it was yeah. just like kind of weird, and I didn't understand. I don't know because it was like old but new and i it was like on tv one day and then yeah i learned like, what it was and i was like oh this is based on an old movie and i watched the original and i was like oh this is much better it, it must have been why. easy to to make your day on set because you don't need to get any coverage you're just like no i just need to get these series of shots right and i i don't need your reaction to it because hitchcock didn't need the character's reaction to it uh let me get a couple of comments in the chat our pal farad muhammad the voice of the black cast our, our announcer he says it's not this is a obviously back to game of thrones it's not tv it's tna and he adds the sheer amount of nudity on the larry sanders show was shocking but respectful uh it was really just uh, the amount of nude larry sanders that we got uh, but uh, you look shambling insisted upon it uh charles groden was excellent on dave why don't you go ahead and find me the example when charles groden was not excellent and uh, I know Farad being a, a fan of talk shows uh, the way you are, that obviously uh, Charles Grodin is uh, legendary, both with uh, Letterman and uh, Carson. And Farad also says, I really enjoyed that last session video. I want to see more of those for movies or TV shows. So as we wind down, uh, we circle back for our theme of thankfulness. And I'm wondering if each of you can think of uh, you know, we're talking about movies, being thankful for being able to go to the movies. Right. What for each of you, and I'll, I'll go first to give each of you a chance to think of what was the experience of seeing a movie in the theater this year where you're like, oh, I'm really glad I saw this in the theater. Uh, for me, even though I saw it by myself at a press screening where I was not allowed a plus one, but I'm not bitter. Uh, it, uh, I think it, it, it surprisingly is uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. I'm really glad I saw it in a theater because, as I said in our previous episode, I was really not expecting a lot from that. I think that uh, the 2016 Ghostbusters hurt me in a way where I just was not going to open my heart up to the Ghostbusters ever again. And the Ghostbusters Afterlife taught me that I could love again. And I appreciate them for it. Uh, no, but I just thought it was great. And it's like, as I've talked about it, it's kind of like a feeling of like the way that movies used to make you feel when you're a kid and you're like, oh, they kind of don't make movies yeah. like that usually anymore. And yes, it's a billion dollar intellectual property that Sony owns and there's plenty of stuff in there that they're already selling. But that it, even the cynic in me, it didn't take away from the fact that seeing it in the theater I think was much better than if I'd seen it at home. I mean, uh, there's other movies where, you know, I feel similarly, I think that uh, some of the visuals and eternals but if i had to pick one uh will uh apart from the fact that you saw the suicide squad with me in the theater and that obviously increased your enjoyment is there uh something that comes to mind of like oh i'm glad i saw this in the theater as opposed to watching it at home well i will say that i ghostbusters afterlife i was like eh but like you've been profusely like so uh positive about it that now i'm like oh i should go see this so you're it's riding on your judgment. If I, I like or dislike this movie, I'm going to blame you or praise you. Why I like it is a quality that I think you like. You tend to like in movies. I do. I do. I know. Yeah. It look. It, so, I mean, it looks cute. I just didn't have any plans to see it in theater. I haven't seen yeah. that many movies in theater. 
I enjoyed the Suicide Squad because I like DC, but I think even though it wasn't like my favorite movie of the year, um, Last Night in Soho is probably the most en enjoyable movie I've seen at the theater okay. COVID. Like Godzilla versus Kong, I genuinely was like, I think we can stop destroying buildings. I think we can stop <laughs> knocking these down. I love Godzilla so much. Like I'm a huge Godzilla fan and I genuinely was like, I'm, we gotta, we gotta turn this down. Um, I actually and, saw a license plate the other day driving that was Gojira. Really? Nice. Yeah, it's awesome. And oh, in the Heights, I saw in the theater because I like musicals and I thought it was cute. But but last night at Soho was like original. You know, it was like the first thing that I realized I saw in a long time that I was like, this feels new. I mean, it's an homage, but it feels new. And I'm a big fan of uh, Stephen Price, who's a composer, and he did the music for that movie, and I really like. Oh, the music. he did. So. Um, and I, I go right, you know, it's just like well, it's a good, good stylized movie. Uh, and and finally, uh, Kate, same question. Also, same caveat. I know that obviously seeing Black Widow in the theater was enjoyable because you saw it with me. So uh, don't you know, we can we can turn the page on that. You don't have to say that uh, they did give us free popcorn. I think it's important to point that out was important. <laughs> at the El Capitan. Yeah. So. I got a really cool picture. That was awesome. Oh yeah, you did the the hair thing. Yeah, yeah. I did the hair flip, the dumb hair flip. It was great. I felt good about that. So, what for you is the movie that you were like? I'm glad I saw this in the theater. As I look back, even though we have another month, and the answer will probably become Spider-Man: No Way Home. It'll probably be Spider-Man, but. And I mean, I really like seeing Black Widow in theaters just because. I like giving my, you know, attention to that. I also thought that it was an underrated movie. I thought it was really great. I felt very seen in that movie. So that was really great. Um, I I forgot I saw The Green Knight in theaters. I'm literally going through my, like, A-list. Going oh, like, wow, nice. We do, like, a 30-second hot take on The Green Knight. Did you like The Green Knight or did you not like it? I didn't like it. There's been a lot of beautiful movies this year that I just – I feel like they missed what the story was. I fucking hated that movie so much. It was gorgeous. And I was like, this movie. It was movie, gorgeous and I wanted to kill myself. Why was the score so loud? Screaming at you every other minute. It was like, feel this thing because we're not showing it to you. A24 was like, do you like our machine? Do you like our art movie machine? We're A24. I just fucking hate it. Well, wasn't that like, the movie that uh, that a lot of your I friends were like, like? Take it from us. It's just like, oh, God. That was the movie where you, all your friends were like, oh, come on. Why are you judging these movies so harshly? That was the one, right? That yes. That's probably it. Because yeah. that, like, I liked Hereditary. I love, like, A24 usually does, like, I great that. Screamy score, spooky, eerie, upside down camera stuff. There was a movie for a trailer. There was a trailer for a movie about a goat that A24 was lamb. doing. Lamb. The lamb. Yeah. They came out before the Green yeah. Knight. And when the Green Knight was over, I was like, I don't know the difference between that two and a half minute trailer for a movie about a lamb and a whole fucking movie about the guy from The Last Airbender, because he was in that. <laughs> As a Green Knight, I was just like, "This is the dumbest." So shit ever here's seen. the problem with the Green Knight, and I'm gonna go on a, 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 a thirty second thing. The Green Knight is a freaking great legend. It's a freaking great story, and they actually add a chivalric virtue, and okay. it's about honesty. Okay. And so, in in this ver in in the original myth, this dude 
basically like goes on a quest and he solves all the puzzles. He's honest for, throughout the whole thing, except for with the guy when he's just like, I'm not going to give you the kiss. Oh. I, you know, if you get, you know, you take what I, you know, you give me what I would have had in my house and I'll give you from that, that, that whole thing. And that was the lie. And then the Baron ended up being the knight. Oh, interesting. Okay. So it was like a test of honor. And then he wore the green sash to remind himself of honesty. Mm. And then it actually, like, he came back and he told the story. And then all the knights of the round table wore green to yeah. add the chivalric virtue of honesty. In this version, they did none of that. <laughs> Which would have been interesting if they made it the thing of like he fails at every turn and then figures it out. Right. But they, that, I don't uh, think they did that either. I don't think it was successful. It I think was it was so just small. like some dumb down and out, like the worst version of like what what someone would write as a, a snowflake. Like a whiny bitch. Yeah, a yeah, whiny like, bitch. Right. And like he goes on this quest and he doesn't learn anything. And then he's just like, I just don't want to die. I just, I can't. I don't know how King Arthur, when the Green Knight comes in and he's like, if you wound me in this way, like, I'll wound you back. And then he cuts his fucking head off. How one guy in the room wasn't like, hey, man, you didn't have to cut his head off. You didn't have to do that. <laughs> you could have just or like, Or like, just be like, and, or have that be a moment of just like, <laughs> I'm going to go overkill because I need to prove myself and then actually do it and then be like, bro, you should not yeah. have done that. It was just like everything was like muted. Everything was at like half emotion. I forgot you reminded me that I I genuinely blacked out of my mind that I saw that movie in the theater this year because that's how much I fucking hated it. Well, uh, let me <laughs> let me <laughs> chime but in I with uh, think, wait, bad I movies from twenty twenty one. No, no, let me just check. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I didn't realize you were gonna tie it up. But uh, Kate, let me just say that uh, I I was convinced that I would never see a, a worse movie than. Uh, Mortal Kombat, uh, but uh, then along came Halloween Kills. Oh yeah, and I oh. still feel like that's the that is possibly the worst movie I've ever seen. When you're taking into consideration, you know, budget and a major studio release. You know what I mean? When you start yeah. to factor in, you know, because yes, there's a you know a movie made for like two thousand dollars. Yeah, that's probably the worst movie ever made. But uh, and yes, Farad Muhammad just says it right evil dies tonight yeah a little bit of me died that night when yeah. i when i saw that um but uh and i'm sorry kate were you going to uh tidy up I, your point on green night yeah and it's gonna be a weird one it i think my favorite this is gonna be weird i'm glad i saw dune in the theaters i'm glad i saw eternals in the theaters i'm a movie person i love it I think my favorite movie i saw in theaters was honestly space jam nice wow. <laughs> Because I saw it in theaters with a bunch of kids. And I normally would never have watched that movie in a theater. But my friend was in it. And so I went to go and I got a ticket. So I went to go see it. Wait, and I'm like, oh, you're wait. friends <laughs> with Lola Bunny? Yes. Awesome. She fierce. And she's like, and, and so I was seeing it in a, in a movie theater with a bunch of kids. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I hate kids. <laughs> it's like, and then I was like, wait, this is, this is actually really charming. Because like LeBron came on, everyone lost their minds because it was a bunch of kids seeing their hero yeah. and seeing their hero making mistakes and then seeing his son exactly like them. The kid that played video games, the kid that like wants to be in his room all day listening to music and seeing the clash between parent and kid. 
and having them both come together at the end. And it's like, there's a lot of family dynamics, especially in, in like our present community where that's true. But to see that, like to feel the, like the laughter and the joy at like shit I wouldn't normally laugh at. I'm like, this is great. Yeah, you, he was great. He knew the assignment and he did it. So it's like, everyone knew what movie they were in. No one was like nonplussed to be like, oh yeah, this is going to be the fucking shit. Like, Ever. like no they're making space jam and it's i feel better than the original because they got this they got it had a full story yes right. the first right. one is nostalgic and it will always hold a place in my heart but if you're gonna see a kids movie see it with kids because you will have that your heart yeah. will come back that, that's that. Not, go ahead well when i saw the the, the new ninja turtles remake the first one like after it was over there was like a bunch of there's like a kid running around with his like mask on and stuff. And everyone's like, Ooh, this movie sucks. And I'm like, I think it's pretty special. It clearly does exactly what it did for me when I was eight, yeah. you know, like it's yeah. the same thing. It's space jam. I actually still haven't seen the new one, even though I watched the, the original countless times. Uh, Watch it. I think it's that's fun. A, that is really like the best way to see anything. You know what I mean? Like that's a special, unique way. More yeah. so being like, Oh, I was blown away by Dune and IMAX. Like, Okay. But yeah, I don't know. It's that's not you know, the a thing. movie that a crowd it's is good. into. I mean, that is a lot of fun. You know, it's yeah. uh, you, you know, like Honestly, seeing people react to you know key moments in Endgame and you know things like right. that. Those will always stand out. You know, like seeing you know Batman versus Superman when you know when you hear Wonder Woman's theme when she you know after she's gotten off the plane and she shows up in the end. You know, there there are those moments where like, oh, I'm glad I was with a bunch of people. But then there's some movies that even if you're in a theater filled with kids and you're in a theater, it's not going to save it. Like Clifford, the big red dog that I took my kids to. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm they, not saying they, it's foolproof, but yeah. Cause they, 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 they like the cartoon. They, uh, we have some of the books and uh, that's the mistake of like, let's, uh, you know, let's, you know, I, look, I think the best kids movies take into consideration that adults are watching it and you try to not lose them. But then when you have a bunch of jokes that are for the adults that make you uncomfortable because it's like, this is like the, kids the fourth. Are this is the fourth joke about Clifford the Big Red Dog's big red butthole, <laughs> and you know, like, should we take a rectal temperature? There's like four, and he also pees a lot. Of so you point. did see the butthole cut? No, I did not see the Clifford the Big Red Dog butthole. Cut. Oh, but uh, I do have anyway. to say that Cats was one of my favorite live experiences because you could tell the entire theater had been drinking. Yes, my I, and it was, and there was definitely a moment where like Mr. Mistopheles comes on, and Will, I'm assuming you've seen this movie because you like musicals. I do like musicals, but it's why I was like, I don't have an interest in seeing Cats. Uh, that it's, one, I'm gonna pass. I will do a little diatribe on why Cats is better than you think it is, but the musical, not the movie. But there okay. is a a a moment where it's like the magical Mr. Mistopheles, where he's like trying to like bring a cat back from wherever the fuck she went. Uh, and like uh, he just keeps repeating the same line, expecting the same result. And by the and like the first two times he did it, nobody said anything. And then the third time he did it, I heard a voice in my go, "Do it again." <laughs> and then and then ten more people do it again. And then by the end, the whole theater was like, "Do it again." Yeah, I hammered. That's for I, sure. I did. I. I never drink at the movies, but I went to Cats with uh, 
our uh, a couple of people from AfterBuzz, uh, Zach Wilson and uh, Brianna uh, Phipps, who people from uh, you know people know her and and Zach, I was on the Marvel show with at one point, but uh, we were there specifically to drink, and uh, I mean. People, it, it was like nobody had any problem with anybody talking back to the screen. And uh, I gave a standing ovation after Taylor Swift's song. <laughs> Uh, because it was so, I mean, oh, it's so okay. bad. It's so bad. It is, it's some of the oh, worst casting I've ever seen. But you're right. That as a theater experience was one of the, the most memorable. You know that that had to tide me over through like not going to the movies for 13 months. Everyone anyway, has to know the assignment when they do this. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh, final point from Fry Muhammad wants to see Dune in IMAX before it goes away. Uh, you could do that, but uh, you I know, Tom has the IMAX. I don't know if they're in IMAX anymore. Uh, I don't know if Eternal. Oh yeah, Dune might not be in IMAX anymore. You're right. Go uh, but Ghostb Ghostbusters is in IMAX now. So right. Uh, and I, the reason I brought up Fraud's comment though, I was glad to see the Sesame Street documentary in the theater. Now I saw I saw a, a screener of the so uh, the Sesame Street documentary, and it was fascinating. There was stuff that I didn't know about it. And I will tell you that there's footage after Mr. Hooper died that I had never seen before. And uh, Big Bird just doesn't understand what it means. And he's like drawing pictures for Mr. Hooper. And it, it, there's a line where Big Bird says, it's just footage from the show. And Big Bird's like, well, can I give it to him tomorrow? No, Big Bird, you can't. How about the next day? And I'm just like, fucking bird making me cry while i'm watching this it is the most gut-wrenching things ever because you know i've had to i've had to explain death to children unfortunately a couple of times yeah. uh, and and you know it, it was usually my own kids about family members you know <laughs> not just walking up to strangers at the mall uh but anyway uh that sesame street documentary was great Another documentary I'm excited for is the, uh, I guess it's six hours uh, on Disney Plus, the Beatles documentary. And yeah. our pal Gene Beretta and I will be talking about that uh, next week once I get the chance to watch it. And everybody who knows Gene knows that Gene from Philly is also Gene, the big Beatles fan from Philly. So we will be talking about that. But uh, that is all the time we have for this week. And then some. We took some extra time. But, uh, Kate, we always appreciate you being a part of the many shows that you've been a part of. Yay! And I believe people will see you uh, joining us on Marvel Movie Talk. Wednesday we talk morning. about Hawkeye. I have not seen because they didn't send me screeners for that. <gasps> oh, So I, we're going to have the same experience? Yes. Christian? I know. Usually, well, I usually get all the all, all the Marvel shows in advance. I got I got Loki. I got WandaVision. I was like, oh, but just wait till episode three. <laughs> and I'm just like, me, 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 no. And then I I was not on the list. Roxy Roxy Stryer got a screener. Uh, uh, a couple other people I know got screener, but uh, I did not get a screener. And I got other Disney Plus screeners. I got the. The the uh, screeners is something like a documentary about Jacques Cousteau that oh. isn't premiered yet. Why should like, you great. about Jacques Cousteau? I, mean, I, I got nothing. I got nothing against Jacques Cousteau, but I, I wanted want to. That. Yeah. Okay. Well, Jacques Cousteau's the shit. A yeah, three-hour podcast about Jacques Cousteau. I can't wait. We'll do it. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, we will. Uh, we will see you then. 
But uh, if people want to keep in touch with you, Kate, how do they do that? They do it by following me on Instagram and TikTok at Cornellable. For those listening, it's C-O-R-N-E-L-L-A-B-L-E. And Will, if anyone wants to wish you a happy Thanksgiving, but also a happy birthday coming up. Oh, yeah. Where do they do that? They can do that. She's right. Every time I realize when I do the stream yard, it's backward. Yeah. At Will Sterling underscore. That's where I can be found if they'd like to cancel me for my comments about Thomas and McKenzie. I'm available for cancellation. Um, you know, anything. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's of, pretty of all the things, in, of all the things in 467 episodes of the Blackcast, I That's the thing that gets. If that's the I, thing that gets someone canceled. Christian, at the end of the day, I'm still a man. Okay. That's what it comes down okay. to. Okay. Now um, you're a man. A man, man, man. Yeah. Now you're a man. Um, uh, and anyway, of course, yeah. as sure always, I can be found at Christian DMZ. Thank you uh, to Farad, Ivan, everyone who was uh, in the chat. Join myself and Gene Gene, the illustrating machine, Gene Beretta and I talking about the Beatles next time on the Blackcast. It's hard to look right at your baby, but here's my number. Christian, at the end of the day, I'm still a man.